The Jets host the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday in the Meadowlands. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast. It is Friday, December 3rd, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you so much for making this show your first listen each day. Today, I will be joined by Mike Phillips of the Just End the Suffering podcast, and we will preview this game between the Jets and the Eagles ahead on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Jets play the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday in the Meadowlands. And joining me to preview the game is Mike Phillips. Mike is the host of the Just End the Suffering podcast, a very aptly named podcast for New York sports. Uh, Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me on, uh, John. I really appreciate it. Well, Mike, are we going to end the suffering this week? Uh, Let me give you an amazing stat. The Jets have never won a regular season game against the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I cannot get over that. I know I know they don't play that frequently. Of course, they play every preseason in the least meaningful game of the year. But you'd think there'd be some point where the Jets would have beaten the Eagles in the past, wouldn't you? Yeah, I feel like it doesn't matter whether they're good, whether the Eagles are bad. Wherever the Eagles just show up, the Jets for some reason just turn into pumpkins. They never win these games. Yeah, I remember... Now, the Jets have not been so good in recent years, but in 2015, they played the third week of the season. The Jets were off to a great start. They were 2-0. and They were coming off a big win at Indianapolis against Andrew Luck and the Colts. The Eagles looked finished. That was Chip Kelly's last year when the Eagles were a complete catastrophe. And the Eagles came in and beat the Jets. It's just tough to believe. It doesn't matter who the players are because this goes back decades. I remember yeah. 93. Jets jump out to a 21-0 lead. Boomer was the quarterback. Boomer Esiason, who you know now hosts the morning show on WFAN. Jets blow a 21-0 lead that year. And Rich Kotite was the Eagles coach in that game. So a Kotite Eagles team came back from 21-0 down on the Jets. We just can't catch a break against this team. Now, I remember 2011, too, when they were playing the Eagles the week before the Victor Cruz game. They went down to Philly. Mike Vick lit them up, and that was really the start of the collapse. Lots of bad memories. Not so many memories about the preseason games because nobody relevant really plays in those games. Although they did have kind of a classic preseason game this year where the Jets hit a Hail Mary and a two-point conversion at the end of the fourth quarter to get a tie from the Eagles. So maybe who knows? Maybe that's a good omen. Yeah, you never know. I mean, hopefully it's a sign that maybe the jinx finally ends here. But like considering the Jets struggle stopping the run, the way Eagles have just decided to run only, I'm not very confident right now. Yeah, I think in some ways this is a tough matchup for the Jets, but I think we have to begin at the quarterback position on all of these preview shows. I always ask my guests, what are we supposed to make out of Zach Wilson? Yeah, well, it's tough to figure out what to make from him because you saw pretty much the exact same thing you did for most of the season where he's missing easy throws, he's not hitting those dump offs he needs to, he's trying to make spectacular plays, and yes, he did play a little better the second half as opposed to the first half, but at this point you're sort of thinking, you know, like, when are we seeing this leak that you saw from the offense when you had Mike White or Josh Johnson, even Joe Flacco running it? Now, let me ask you this. How troubled were you by Wilson's performance last Sunday? Because I think going into this game, you could talk yourself into it. You could say, okay, he's had a few weeks off. He's had a chance to 
recuperate. He's had a chance to really get his mind clear. He's had a chance to watch other guys execute this offense from the bench. And then he comes out and, as you said, doesn't look a whole lot better. For me, on the scale of like 1 to 10, I put about a 4. We're starting to climb the first beginning of the season where like I see the same mistakes being made. It makes me wonder what he's seeing and if there is a learning curve he's just not hitting yet. And offense mostly very quarterback friendly as evidenced by the other guys putting up numbers here. And I get he has issues with the line. I get that there's issues with the playmakers and guys dropping passes. But at the same time, the Jets, when he was out, scored 30 points a game, I think a couple of weeks in a row. And here, you know, you want to see him at least taking the easy throws and not airmailing screens or dump offs. That's something that's concerning me that he's not making the easy throws. Yeah, I think you hit on two things right there. The first is there are things you're seeing that are not really the result of the people around him. You can clearly isolate and say that's the quarterback having issues. But the second issue that I see is you've seen arguably three quarterbacks come in and execute this offense on a higher level. Now, there are caveats to all three. Mike White had the one game against Cincinnati in the one quarter against the Colts. He fell back to earth against Buffalo. Josh Johnson, a lot of his production against the Colts was after the game was already out of reach. And Flacco wasn't great. You know, maybe that one throw to Elijah Moore kind of helped pad his stats. But at the same time, I do think there's an argument to be made that of the four quarterbacks who played this year for the Jets, Zach Wilson may have produced the least. I don't think that's an unfair argument. I think that's a fact. Just you look at the numbers he puts up. I mean, he's played what seven games he's thrown 10 interceptions something like that that's absurd rate even for a rookie quarterback i know peyton man threw 28 as a rookie but i feel like peyton man is making a lot more plays at this point in the season than zach wilson is right now yeah and people always bring up peyton manning setting the rookie record for interceptions i've probably done it myself but the caveat to that is peyton manning set a bunch of positive rookie records that year so even though he's turning the ball over a lot there was a lot of good that came from Peyton Manning as well. It was not a complete lost season for Peyton. And after that year, I think most people believe that this is the guy for the Colts. And this was a guy who's going to be turned into a very good quarterback. So what do you need to see from Zach in this game to make you feel better? Because we've talked a lot about the anxieties from Zach Wilson's performances. So how does he turn it around? And on Monday, we all say, okay, fine, we can calm down. He's looking, he looks okay. Well, I think for one thing, we have to start off with him not throwing sidearm passes just past the line of scrimmage to end up being interceptions. I like to see him not do these stupid mistakes that I can live with him for now, like working on getting the more accuracy on the short throws. That's more of a, I think a fun, a mechanics issue something I have to work with him on, but like the bad decision maker, I need to see him make a lot less of those and going into this week. That would be my big takeaway here. Another thing I'd like to see is for the connection to grow with Elijah Moore, because you could almost time it to Wilson leaving the lineup. Elijah Moore began to break out, and it happened kind of slowly and steadily. It was he started to build it up. It got better and better, and then the, the Dolphins game is when he really exploded and had that long touchdown catch. And up to that game, you could see that he was building momentum. He had not made the big game-changing play yet, and then he did against Miami. And last week, he made a few plays, but it felt like the connection just wasn't there yet. And I think for me, as much as anything, I'd like to see that connection grow. Yeah, I think something we saw in the summer too, and all the beat reports talk about how Elijah Moore was a star at camp. Elijah Moore would look like a star. He was making all these big highlight reel plays, and this has materialized with him and Zach in the regular season. I mean, you've seen, they tried to get him involved with the jet sweeps and handoffs and gadget plays, getting the ball in his hands more, but they need to get it from Wilson to Moore to actually feel confident about that connection in the future. 
I feel responsible because he got hurt one of the days I was at training camp. So he was dominating up until the point I got there, and then he got hurt, and that just destroyed his the first half of the season. Oh, so it's your fault? It's 100% my fault. At least that's <laughs> what a lot of people would probably say. I think that you want to get Elijah Moore matched up against Steven Nelson. Now, Steven Nelson was a guy we talked a lot about in the offseason because the Jets had nothing at corner, and he was out there forever. But it doesn't seem like he's having that great of a year for Philadelphia. So that's kind of the one of the matchups I'm looking at. Yeah, I mean, we saw what Moore did a couple weeks ago against great corners, and, you know, put him against a subpar corner. So it should be a match we should be able to exploit. And another thing is, I hope the Jets can get the run game working again. I thought they ran the ball pretty efficiently without Michael Carter even last weekend against Houston. They had kind of a three-headed monster in the backfield. Of course, that's a defense that does not have guys like Fletcher Cox up front. So I think a bit of a different challenge for the Jets' offense in this one. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the, the Texans don't have Fletcher Cox, and the Eagles' defensive line is one of the strengths on that defensive unit as a whole. And I know this line has made a reputation of, oh, they are a better run-blocking unit than a pass-blocking unit. I want to see that carries over into a good defensive front, especially because I feel like since they inserted uh, DuVernay Tardif in the starting line instead of Greg Van Roden, I feel like the unit as a whole has improved. Absolutely. You know, looking back, and I don't want to jinx him because he's only been in there a couple games, but that could end up being a big addition. And it's very difficult to improve your offensive line in season. So. Perhaps Joe Douglas will get some praise if Duvernay Tardif continues to play at his current level. Yeah, Joe Douglas has done a sneaky good job of bringing in guys in season to help out this group, whether it's him or Eliza Riley at safety or Quincy Williams. The pickups they've made, for the most part, have, have helped out a lot. Now ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, Mike and I will talk about what will happen when the Eagles have the ball and the Jets are on defense. Hopefully we'll provide you with some knowledge because you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge, and you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money, because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone, so you can listen to all the latest episodes of Locked On Jets and all your other favorite podcasts. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line, so your family can harness all of the brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks, so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that power you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile to find out and get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy, and there are so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Well, you have a raspberry, a mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or a peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something you need to keep going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you'll need it. Because it's the season of peace and love. Don't bring up your favorite Built Bar at family parties. Families are so passionate about their favorite flavor that they'll fight for it, and things could get out of hand. Are you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars into your stocking. With so many flavors, they'd make anybody's Christmas morning a happy one. 
Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you'll need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. And they taste so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's Built, B-U-I-L-T dot com. Promo code LOCKED15, one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built.com. Now let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. And this is an offense that I think can present the Jets with a number of issues. And it begins, I think, with Jalen Hurts' rushing ability. Yeah, Jalen Hurts as a rushing quarterback it could give them a lot of problems. The Jets don't have a lot of speed at the linebacker position to try and spy him and keep him in the pocket. You need Quincy Williams to play that role. I don't know if he can. And the Jets really haven't had to deal with many mobile quarterbacks this year, so this is not something they're used to seeing. Another issue that I have is this is a defense that has been very undisciplined in recent weeks. You have many instances where guys end up in the wrong spot. Sometimes that's in the defensive backfield where they're not executing the proper zone assignments. There's no communication, but it's also happened in the run game where you see linebackers filling the wrong gaps and running themselves out of position, running themselves into blocks. The Jets have any chance of slowing this Eagles offense down. That's got to change. Yeah, I think it's just a function of the fact they're playing so many young guys because they had a lot of injuries in the back seven, whether it's the linebacking core or the secondary. And I think it's a matter of these guys getting reps in the system and knowing that they can maintain their responsibility and not over-pursue and over-complicate things. I think that will help a lot. They can sort of have that moment of clarity. They realize just maintain their assignment instead of trying to do too much. Yeah, and a lot of this does go back to the defensive line. A defensive line that has been very Jekyll and Hyde this season, so to speak, because they've had some outstanding games. Of course, their best game was all the way back in the win over Tennessee, where they totally dominated the Titans' offensive line. But in the recent struggles, maybe not so much last week. Last week, they played very well, and the Jets' defense dominated in the second half to the tune of allowing 45 yards in two quarters. But... In the games prior to that, when the defense was struggling, the line was an issue. Guys were not getting to the quarterback. Guys were getting pushed around in the run game. Jets need their guys to show up here. I mean, this defense, I think, in many ways was built around the line, and it hasn't always performed the way they were hoping it would this year. Yeah, for sure. I think in terms of the pass game, I think part of the issue with with the recent struggles there, I feel like a lot of teams made adjustments to the Jets after that Tennessee game when they said, Oh, we get the ball out quicker because these guys can't get there that fast. So I think that's been the adjustment there. The Texans didn't do it last week. I don't think the Eagles can do that. That's not the way they function as an offense. So I think that's an area where they can make an impact. Rushing game, though, they still have issues because they have had issues demanding to run all year long. Yeah, and I do think there are questions about Jalen Hurts' abilities as a thrower, but I do worry a bit about Devontae Smith going up against the secondary. Yeah, I mean, the secondary, the way I see it right now is that they – don't have a number one core, and I don't think anybody in that group can be number one core. I mean, Bryce Holmes has made some plays. They've had play, other guys make plays, but Devontae Smith has a chance to develop into a top-flight receiver for the Eagles, and I think he's going to give them a matchup problem if the Jets are trying to rotate the cast on him and try – I don't know if anybody has the speed trying to keep up with him. Yeah, and even if he ends up with Bryce Hall, and the Jets really do not shadow their corners on the early downs, they don't have – one corner follow the other team's best receiver around in the like they did in the Revis days. But even if you get Bryce Hall against Devontae Smith, 
that's the kind of receiver I could see Hall struggling with because he's not super fast. You know, he's really kind of a zone corner who reads the play as well. He's bigger. You know, I don't know that he's got great change of direction ability. I mean, that's a matchup that kind of concerns me. Yeah, because I've seen Bryce Hall. We had issues with Brandon Cooks early last week, and Craig, he made adjustments, and the Jets gave him some help, I think. But seeing him, like I say, he's a little bit of a shiftier guy. Like, that's not the kind of style Hall likes to play. That's not the only issue that I see. I mean, I just look across the board. I see lots of difficult matchups for the Jets' defense in this game. I mean, you look at the uh, tight end position, Dallas Goddard, I think is a good player. He was a guy before the start of the season that I had the Jets targeting in free agency potentially. Now I think he's signed a long-term deal with the Eagles, so he's staying there. I mean, that's a guy I don't love against this linebacker core. No, I think for honestly with the Jets, a lot of it's just the fact that the year as a whole was not very talented because they have a lot of injuries. They're playing a lot of young guys, and a lot of these guys are quite frankly not going to be on this team when they're actually trying to contend for a playoff spot. And I think those are kind of mismatches, especially with the linebacking core, where T.J. Moses is a two-down backer. Quincy Williams has his moments, but he's not really great in coverage. And third spot's a nightmare. So I could see that Goddard having a huge game here. Yeah, ultimately, I think if the Jets' defense is going to play well, it has to be like a Tennessee type of game where, and I'm not just saying against the Eagles, I think in general, it has to be a Tennessee type of game where the defensive line just totally takes over. Maybe a game like the second half last week where the defensive line just totally takes over and dominates in the trenches. I do think they have a puncher shot, though, because this is the one unit on the defense where there is legitimate talent if they perform up to expectations. Oh, I agree. I think with the defensive line, like they've shown they can wreck games. They did Tennessee. They did the Houston last week, like you mentioned. And the Eagle offensive line is going to stay a transition from when it used to be a great unit. and now it's not as much. And the Jets have guys who can win their matchups, like Franklin Myers and Quinton Williams. Those guys can wreak some havoc if they get to the quarterback. So I guess we have to get like 50 members of John Franklin Myers' family to the Meadowlands on Sunday because he had a lot of friends and family in attendance against Houston. And he broke what had kind of been a slump. He really had not performed all that well after signing that big contract extension prior to the Houston game where he comes up with an acrobatic interception and then a couple of sacks. Yeah, that was definitely encouraging because as a Jets fan, I know I've been burned in the past and they give guys deals and then all of a sudden they stop playing well. Mohamed Wilk was probably the biggest one that comes to mind. He got paid and was a disaster after that. So seeing Franklin Myers come back and give you a big performance against Houston was a nice encouraging sign. Oh, he was killing me because right before they gave him that extension, I had a podcast and one of the main topics was the Jets should pay this guy. The Jets should extend him, you know, send a message to the locker room that you're going to reward quality play. And they do it. And he goes out there and you'd never hear from him again prior to last week. So I was glad we got that performance. Yeah, I was having bad Henry Anderson flashbacks. My goodness, there was a name from the past. See, that was one I thought they should have known about because he had like a lot of hustle sacks that year, and he was never really a great pass rusher with Indianapolis. Whereas Franklin Myers, you know, was great last season in kind of a reserve role. He's grew into a starting role this year. It feels like he's an ascending player, and then you get nothing for a long time. And uh, I began to doubt it. And listen, we're not out of the woods yet, but at least now we have something to build on. At least last weekend. Gave me some hope. Okay, maybe this will this one will work out. Yeah, I have more faith that will work out. Not plus, it's not as big a contract as Wilkerson or Anderson signed. I think those deals end up backfiring quickly. I think this one's a chance to be a steal for them down the road. Let's just never say those names again. Let's not talk about. Although, you know, Wilkerson 
the first couple of years of his career when he was on his rookie contract was a very good player. But I just like to put those those contracts out of my mind. I like to think that we're heading in a positive direction. Yeah, let's do that. Do you think that this team is heading in the right path, though? I think there was a lot of frustration heading into that Houston game, and I think things would have gotten really ugly. I mean, at 14-3 Texans, I'm sitting there thinking, my goodness, how did we get here? I think they're heading in the right direction. I like them more than the other team in town right now. I think they are in a more positive path than the Giants. But for me, I think this is a big offseason for Joe Douglas because 2020, he had a lot of whips, both in free and in the draft. This year's been better, but he still needs to up that percentage. That's who he's getting a bunch of premium picks in the draft this year with the pick from Seattle surprisingly landing in the top 10, most likely, and the pick from Carolina being top 50 because – Darnold messed it up for them. So I think it's a big offseason for him to try and do some work here, get this team on the brink of getting to the playoffs. Yeah, with the caveat that a lot is riding on Zach Wilson, this could be the offseason that makes or breaks Joe Douglas because he has all of that draft capital, and the Jets still have a decent amount of cap space they can use to try and upgrade this roster. And I think at the end of the day, when we remember the Joe Douglas era, it may go down to the success or failure of the 2022 offseason. Yeah, it's a scary project. There's a lot of big names out there they could sign and a lot of potential. They could have a Le'Veon Bell contract or CJ Mosley contract if they're feeling pressure to try and win right now. Mike and I are about to make our predictions. And if you want to put some money down on your predictions, go to Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues the march to the playoffs, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. That's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Well, Mike, let's make our predictions. Who do you have winning this game? I have the Eagles winning this game. I think the Jets would cover the number, though. I think they this is a three-point game. That's my hunch. I tend to agree, and I have been very optimistic about the Jets going into these games against what appears to be subpar competition on paper, and frequently they've made me look bad. In fact, of all the games I picked the Jets to win this season, last week was the first time they actually won a game I was expecting them to win. And ironically, the two games, the two other games that they won before that were games where I thought they did not have much of a chance. But I just don't love this matchup. I don't love this run defense. I hate to say it. I don't love the way Zach Wilson's playing. I'm not sure the Jets are going to be able to run the ball as effectively as they did a week ago. I'm going to go Eagles 20 to 14. Hopefully that provides us the reverse jinx and it gets the Jets a victory. What do you think of that? It's sort of like what happened on, I think the Sunday morning game against Atlanta when everybody picked all the analysts in the pregame show, picked the Jets and oh boy, we're losing today. So hopefully this reverse happens here. Oh, I saw that. And I was like, that's not a good sign. Especially after one win. Anyway, Mike, thank you so much for joining me. You can listen to Mike's podcast, Just End the Suffering, where podcasts are found. Great to have you with us. Hope we can have you back again soon. Sounds good. I had a lot of fun. Looking forward to seeing this game outside, seeing how it plays out. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it where podcasts are found and leave it a five-star review. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, and we will talk about what happened on Monday.